Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, boys and girls, children of all ages. Is, is that how that saying goes? I, I don't know anymore. Uh, <laughs> happy Memorial Day, everybody. Um, welcome to another episode of the Talk My Credo podcast. This is episode 32. Episode 32 with a podcast. And I'm your boy, Dante Credo, here with my brothers from another Craig Mack is in the building, but much rather Craig Mack is in the car. How you doing, bro? I'm in the car today, buddy. <laughs> R.P. Shaw is in the building. Uh, Mandela. How you doing, sir? Man, blessed and highly favored, man. Hey, hey. Uh, you know, just it's some sometimes, especially those who know, you know, when you get that response, you know, like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. So, sometimes just the the best thing you can do is just smile and nod and be like, you know what? I'm blessed. Favor. Even I got, though. I got a question. What's up? I'm making sure I'm looking high, looking low. Uh-huh. Where your son at? I, I don't know where your son is, Craig. Um, But, you know, the, 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 uh, the the analytics show that um he makes an appearance about one every seven or eight podcast episodes. What so. I what I'm starting to notice when he get his ass whooped, that's what he got. <laughs> it takes about he takes a sabbatical for about a week or two. <laughs> or maybe that's just my perception. I don't know. You have to tell well, me. You I, know, don't know. I haven't dug that deep into the analytics to see mm -hmm. if that's true or false. But well, I, I have. <laughs> I have. Take an L, take a week <laughs> off. It just seems to be simple math to me. <laughs> well, you know, Craig Mack looked into the analytics, so Big E Shabazz, the magic man. Uh, I think we add like a, a a tag or nickname to his name every time we do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, but he's not here. Uh, but, you know, just it's just life. You know, I'm just going to chalk it up to life, you know, just – Life happens, you know, when you work in the Secret Service, you know, you, you have a country to save. So Yeah, yeah, I get that. I, I understand. Yeah. I, understand. I don't want to blow his cover. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you know we, we up here debating about education and children being dumb as fuck and other things that we're not going to touch until he gets back on this podcast that I'm actually really looking forward to. But, you know, when you have to save the president because, you know, people are trying to take him out. Russia, China, Saskatchewan, uh, you know, these places like that, you know, they're trying to take them out. So, <laughs> they're trying to take them out. But again, I hope everyone is having a great Memorial Day. Um, I've just been chilling. I've, I've been doing absolutely nothing all day, but I, I have started to edit these rap battles. So um, okay. my battle will be coming out this week. Hopefully, if I can, you know, get into that little groove, which I basically would be doing all night tonight. Uh, my battle versus Nate, the uh, recent battle I had a few weeks ago, will be dropping tomorrow. 
And uh, did you take an L on like, that one? Hell no. Hell, I'm just asking. We skipped the alphabet letter. Oh yeah, nah, nah, not not this one. Um, but I'm on a a, a different uh, a different mission, so to speak. Uh, I'm I'm in the process because I want to eventually open up my own battle league. Uh, so I'm I'm working with a, a colleague of mine or a few colleagues rather. Uh, and building their brand right now. So they're letting me do like the video editing and, and you know, I bring the cameras and the lights and stuff like that. Just kind of see how things work before I, you know, take that step. But there's just a bigger vision with what I want to do. Um, for those who are familiar with battle rap, uh, well, let me make a quick preference or, or a preface this for those who aren't uh, familiar with battle rap. Battle rap is basically lyrical mma you know you just who's the best rapper where any type of word association metaphor simile analogies flow scheme angle just you know who who comes out on top when you put this person versus that person in a rap battle anything goes no holes barred um i've been doing it well i've been a fan of it for about hmm about seven, eight years now, possibly even longer. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm cutting myself short, but I've been involved with it personally, uh, actually competing and participating for about two. And uh, I'm pretty nice. Not even going to hold you. I'm pretty nice. But uh, my my end game is to, is to create uh, my own battle rap league, but I want it to also serve as uh, something that gives back to the community. So like a community uh event or community center that does a lot of different things but also hosts you know rap battles and this and, and that and the third um that's mainly all i give now i try not to get into the particulars because you know people like to steal dreams people like to steal ideas and uh i just keep it at that but uh i did face off with nate uh about about two weeks ago two three weeks ago uh really dope battle rap i'm actually a fan and um but you know i i this was my first battle in north carolina uh after about a year of just battling everywhere i've been new york florida mississippi arkansas uh virginia i've just been all over the place um so it was it was good to finally come home and that's where i'm going to stay i'm going to focus on uh battles at home uh you know, based off my performance for what I did a few weeks ago, I'll be in Charlotte June 17th for a battle in Charlotte. So, okay. you know, we're going to we, we working, working. So trying to get the uh, the brand and the name up in the Carolina area. Also spreading word about the podcast and what we're doing there. And uh, just I'm, I'm just excited. Like if it, it feels like a soft reset for me. Um, the battle, the battle league that I was working with uh, before I, you know, came home a few weeks ago, uh, went on and you know, kind of cut ties, so to speak. Nothing, nothing negative or anything, but just I want to focus on home and the battle league I was working with. They're based in Milwaukee and Milwaukee, Colorado, and Mississippi. And I'm like, I'm it. It makes no sense if I have the time, money, and resources to fly to these different cities in milwaukee wisconsin and denver colorado and and whatever podunk town in mississippi 
no offense to Mississippi. Shout out to Mississippi. I have some some great friends and experiences from people from Mississippi, but that area, and nah, I'll stay in North Carolina. I'll do that in North Carolina and build my own. So that's that's the thing there. And I probably spent way too much time just explaining that. But um, I really have nothing today. So we're going to just ramble. <laughs> we're going to just ramble today. Well, I thought that was a great segue because I had to step out for a minute. But now uh, I'm back. Okay. Uh, I like to bring up Israel. Israel in uh, Palestine issue. Yeah, let's. I think we need to touch bases on that for a minute. I I think we do as, as well. And the reason I haven't yet, as we talked about um, before, is I, I wanted to get all my ducks in a row. I wanted to get all the information that I could to see um, what the issue is, why the issue is, and what each side, each side's part in it is, and. It's just such a sensitive thing, um, but it's also it 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 basically sums up the way I see it, the way our political system is. Honestly, it's just you have two sides that see things in two totally different lights, and they're literally warring against one another. It's like. Um, the ideology and the beliefs of liberals and the ideology and the belief of conservatives, not saying anyone is anyone, but just the polarization of I believe this versus I believe this. And this is what I'm willing to do for my belief. And this is what I'm willing to do for mine. And I don't know. So in, in vintage classic fashion, Craig, start us off. What, what, what do you like? Well, <laughs> I've I've done that too. I've done my research on both sides of the equation. Mm-hmm. And what it what it really okay, so I'm gonna give you two points of interest, right? Uh-huh. Point of interest number one is history back to the biblical days, right? That's point of emphasis number one. Right. And I and I say that because um Israel claims to be the land of Judea. Um mm-hmm. And this dates this dates back, you know, five thousand years or so forth, right? Right. Now, mm-hmm. the Palestinians have the same claim for the area. It's just theirs is not as mathematically as linear. There is more tribal or pneumatic, like nomads yes. and, and things of that nature. So they they both mm-hmm. have a historical claim to the land. I, I don't I don't see a, a way to get out. Over that, whether you say two thousand, five thousand, three thousand, they both have a historical claim to land. Right. So my second, my second point of emphasis is, okay, when did this conflict occur? Obviously, it occurred after World War II, right? Mm-hmm. Because the British gave the land that they occupied the land, they mm-hmm. attacked the Ottoman Empire, destroyed the Ottoman Empire, and then they gave the land to Israel. Now. It was given to Israel under the under the, the the contents that Israel and Palestine, because Palestine's not wasn't an official country, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a group of people, right? That this will be Israel's land, and Palestine just has to kind of deal with it. So this mm-hmm. is where you get the the conflict in the modern era, right? What has transpired, from my opinion, I, I don't want to give you facts that I don't know about, from my opinion, mm-hmm. 
every time Israel, because it's very small land-wise, it goes into an expansion mode because it needs more land, right? It does this by force or by, from what I would call, underhanded means. Now, everybody's going to tell you different, but that's how I see it. Mm -hmm. you, you told them one thing, you did another thing, and somehow you now occupy the land or you took it by force. Right. And Israel's playing this game of defense. Oh, we're just playing defense. We're defending ourselves. They're mm -hmm. attacking us. They're killing us. And I'm not saying Hamas isn't dangerous. I'm not saying um, right. there's not entities within the Muslim community that are extremists. That's mm -hmm. a that's a fair assessment. Right. Um, but again, when when we're looking at population, the Palestinians are in the millions compared to the Israel, uh, uh, Israel's that are like less than a million, you know? Right. But they're importing Jewish settlers from around the world. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Do they have a right to the land? Do they have a right to expand? Um, I don't know. It, 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 sounds, it sounds a lot to me like military aggression to me. And I, yeah. I'm, okay, I'm okay if you call it that, you know, because every country does it. Like co colonialism, manifest destiny. I, I don't care what your ideology is. This is what you're doing. You're you're taking people that are on land and you're mm -hmm. forcibly removing them through your laws, removing them. You know, you're controlling, you're dictating. The last time I heard that, they call that apartheid. Uh, that's yep. how it was described to me. So you had the same thing in South Africa. So I'm, I'm not on either side. I just want to stop playing this game of what's real and what's not real. Right. Because when, when we send fighter jets to start dropping 500-pound bombs, all right, that's not defense. Let's, let's make, that's not a defensive mover. Yeah. That's offensive. You, that's, a, that's, that's a strike. You know, you're, mm -hmm. you're letting you know you crossed us. We don't like what you did, and we're going to punish you for it. Now, I'm an American. American citizen. I've been in the military. And let me tell you something. When you cross America, it's normally whatever you did to us, we're going to do to you times 10. That's yes. how we get down. Now, in America, it's get down or lay down. We don't play this rule of, oh, we're just defending our – no, our defense is do it again and we'll smash you. Yeah. So if Israel is going to take that, position i got no problem with it but don't call it defense call it what it is it's aggression yes like don't don't throw the rock and hide your hand type of thing if you're going to do it yeah just do it. but the the just to kind of piggyback just you know as far as this conflict that's been going on well over 100 years it's i i surmise that it's it's a spiritual thing like both sides have a spiritual belief that this land is ours and it's it's hard to even come to an agreement of any type of compromise or anything because both is like no you know we in in our spirits we believe you know whether it's their their faith or you know just whatever the case may be but i i see the spiritual the spirituality of it in that we believe that you know th this is our our god-given got birthright god-given land and these people the other side that's in it 
they're the infidels, the evil people, and we have to cast them out. So we have to cast them out. And the one thing that I, I do that I see, and thankfully, I'm not overly famous or anything like that. So you can't cancel me for saying uh, not like you ever will cancel me, because yeah, fuck y'all. Um <laughs> I do see I do see the hypocrisy there. Um I see, and this is just an opinion from what I've been able to read. Of course, the United States postures itself as a Christian nation. Siding with Israel, especially this year, if I'm not mistaken, I think Joe Biden just granted them what like 750 million like some crazy number well before that uh the former mm-hmm. president donald trump donald day trump recognized jerusalem as the capital yes of israel yeah. and mm-hmm. before before this time the way the un the united nations viewed Jer- jerusalem it was basically under un control this was neutral territory right. it didn't belong to any one group of people it belonged to everyone uh-huh. but, uh, donald j trump with his influence has That's attempted true. to change that because and the significance of that spiritually what that what that um signifies is you know in according to biblical text you know that's one of the things that will happen before the return of christ so you know that th- this is what they're fighting for like this has to happen before our messiah returns and it, it's it's hard anyone with a religious faith or or belief for for their per se is it's you're not i don't want to say talk sense into them but there, there's not going to be a compromise there there's not going to be a compromise and so i see uh as far as joe biden like i say he approved uh 735 million dollar weapon sale to israel and that raised a lot of red flags there but as as i was going to allude to but you beat me to it uh donald trump yeah uh, you know well, recognized why, right but why is that surprising though why think, yeah, think about not, it like this think about it like this israel jewish people they have mm-hmm. a lot of influence in the banking industry yes forgive me for saying this but i gotta speak facts mm-hmm. this was one of the reasons that the germans considered the Jews to be a threat to their way of life. Not right. my words. That was what said. That's fact. Yes. So, so now that they have their own country, there's no problem with that. They still have a lot of influence in the banking industry. So it makes total sense to me that we would arm those that have influence in the banking industry, especially against those that don't have weapons or anything to defend themselves with. Right. And I see that because you know, I'm always going to look at it through an Afrocentric lens. Eventually, in some case in point, I sit and wonder because we always let's just be honest. Let's let's just keep it a hundred, right quick. There is an air like, uh, like, like a scare. I want to say like like a spooky thing type of thing where you better walk on eggshells when you're talking about Jews. Yeah. Right? You you better not say this thing, that thing. Just tread very carefully. Right. Because if you step out of line, if you color outside the lines, even the slightest hellfire and brimstone. 
Right. The world will come down on you. Right. And your way of life as you see fit will be over. And then you know someone like me just sits back and like, hmm, why is that? Why is there such a it's not even kids' gloves. It's just why is there such a reverence for Jews, especially in American culture? Now I understand the history. I do. I understand what they've gone through when it comes through that led to World War II and the Holocaust and just the, the genocide that happened and the horrors that they face. Completely understand it, sympathize, stand in solidarity of their survival and be able to come together as a whole. But then at the same time, because I think that people use that as a way, like as a shield to do other things to shield themselves from any type of criticism or accountability. So let, let me let me piggyback on that because uh -huh. and we all express what happened to the Jews was wrong, it was cruel, mm -hmm. but there was another, I guess you could call Hitler during World War II in the Congo, um, mm -hmm. King Leopold II. Yep. Uh, he committed acts of genocide but there's no diary and Frank book about that. There's right. no, there's no history about that. We're not going to talk about that. Why? Mm -hmm. Because it was Africans being killed. It's Africans. And not European Jews being killed. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so King Leopold reduced the Congo, Congo population by half. Yep. Uh, 20, 20 million plus killed. Uh, but you're not going to read about that in a history yep. book. They're not going to talk about that. So, uh, again, it goes to show it's not how many people you kill, it's who you kill. It's who you uh, kill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it hasn't that how it's always been. Um, even even with addressing the current crimes. Like you know, when we talked about the the all lives matter or Asian lives matter or stop stop black hate or stop Asian hate, you know. Um I think I think Puff said, Hey, it's a rebuttal when you say black lives matter. But when you say mm -hmm. Asian lives matter, it's like, oh yeah, we gotta do something about these Asians. And um, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, when you get someone in the religion, it's it's similar. Um, but as far as that go, like you said, who and the what? That's how society has always made it, and I think everybody grown adapted to it because we weren't even alive during those times. And right, <laughs> look at our history books. We've been talking about this since Miss Bowman class, right? Since yep. we've been reading all them books, like yo, none of these people in these books, who is night? Like who? None of these people in these book look like us, right? Like why? Why do I have to go to college to read um, for colored girls in college? Like why we didn't read right. none of these things at Crest High School? Why didn't we read none of these things in middle school? We didn't. Have, I can't tell you one black book we read in school. I'm being real with you, and yep. I was in honors classes, but I can't tell you one black book that we mm -hmm. read in high school. Can y'all tell me? That that's because we didn't. <laughs> that's because we didn't read any, you know, black Afros outside of the usuals. Your Martin Luther Kings, your Harriet Tubman's. Yeah, Who yeah but I don't remember reading books. I remember True. discussing yeah. it. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. I don't remember writing papers. I remember talking about it. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, they talk about the Martin Luther King speech, right? I'm not trying to get off subject, but since we're talking about Martin Luther King, there's a new uh, yep. documentary out, uh, MLK, FBI. 
um, and I, I know we talked about this before, but when you hear people say, oh, be like Martin Luther King and I have a dream, understand this. They hated Martin Luther King. They when I say, hated him. When I say they, I mean the United States government. They hated him. They hated what he represented. They hated what he was about. The religious people hated him because he was doing something that they were not ready for. And what he, what really made them mad when he was talking about economics, when he started talking about economics, that really pushed them over the edge. They even There's even a court case where the FBI admits to killing Martin Luther King. But uh, again, you're not going to read about that in a, a high school book these days. So yeah. the information's out there. You just have to seek. You have to seek it for yourself. Yeah. 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 Yep. You have. And that's the issue, because the problem is we're not we're we're not going to dig deeper. It's just whatever is there, whatever's in front of us, that's how we're going to take it. And that's where I do kind of side with Eric that the generation is dumb as fuck, but I won't even say, I won't even just put that on our children today are dumb as fuck. I'd say people in general are dumb as fuck because, you know, for the most part, as I mentioned before we even started this podcast, I know I'm taking this on even uh, yet another tangent, but, you know, we, we focus on and we try to emphasize education you know, critical thinking, being able to see things, you know, from various perspectives, kind of take a look at it and look at it from this way, turn it inside out to get a real clear understanding. But most of the people don't do that. And you're still locked into society with these very people who don't read the books or read it all the way that you that they don't look or care to understand different perspectives. It's just I'm going to go through my life and whatever I believe or pick up, whatever my opinion is, that's what I'm going to keep. And I'm going to base my life not around what's true, what's factual, the historical standpoint to where how can I learn about how I got here, how my society, my culture got here so I can either uphold it, advance it or or reform it, so to speak. I'm not going to care about any of that type of responsibility. I'm going to go through my life. If I believe that that there was a a scandal, that the election was stolen, and damn it, that's what I'm going to believe. If I believe Donald Trump was cheated out of the election, that's what I'm going to believe. If, if I believe that racism doesn't exist and y'all niggers are just lazy and don't want to do anything for yourselves, y'all were looking for a handout, then that's just what I'm going to go through life believing. Or on the flip side, if I'm going to believe that every single part of my life is affected by the white man and the, and the only way to fix that is to have this government come and just fix everything by itself without any type of accountability or, recep or, or responsibility for what I do personally, then, yeah, that's just what I'm going to do. But, you know, and that's honestly, at the end of the day, no matter how you feel about it, that's due to a white dominant society that dictates and mandates what is taught in school is that it's that old african proverb until the lion learn how to write the story will always glorify the hunter and in american society in american culture it glorifies the hunter you only see as, as we've been taught the the great things about america and how great america is and not saying that america is not great however 
they sweep things under the rug as to why certain people in America are indeed, in fact, I know it's going to trigger some of you conservative listeners out there, marginalized and disadvantaged and disenfranchised as the way they are, where no matter what you want to say, they aren't in the position they're in because they didn't work hard. So, yeah, I know we're on a very long tangent there. We kind of fell down the rabbit hole a little bit, but, you know, back back to my original point of of the air in the eggshells you walk around when it comes to any type of criticism towards any anything Jewish. Right. And it's been for a long time, even when we was young, like my my first kind of eye opening thing was funny enough. I was listening to all about the Benjamins by P. Diddy and the family. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, because, you know, we, we, we all had our, you know, our, our names growing, going up through middle school. You know, we had our nicknames Puff and and. um Master P and Craig Mack, and you know, we had our names. And, you know, so I'm listening to P. Diddy and the fam, the album, it's a classic. I'm listening to Jada Kiss, and you know, Jada Kiss spitting bars, and and he's he he you know, saying what he's saying. But in one particular bar, he was like, You should do what we do, stack chips like Hebrew. And then he got a crazy backlash for that where they had to take that out of the song. So, you know, even in the explicit version. They they bleep that part out. Like, why did they bleep out Hebrew? Like, you should do what we do, stack chips like Hebrew. Like, you know, I, I didn't understand the problem with that. Like, well, it's not a curse word. Is that a bad word? Like, what? Okay. A, a little bit later, I learned, okay, well, there is a stereotype that, you know, all Jews are have some sort of dealings with money. Um, And then that helps me kind of go a little further in the way I think. It's like, well, first first off, is it true? It's like, well, they do have a very big influence in the banking industry. They've done what we are desperately trying to get the black community to do, to come together, pull resources, to act and move as one. And that's where I think, and my conclusion is, to why they're able to have this particular narrative and this air of caution put around them when it comes to any type of criticism or analysis or accountability or anything of that nature because they've amassed such an economic power within their community. Like, for example, um, Muhammad Ali. Sometimes I just like to sit and just watch his interviews uh, back in his younger days because it was, you know, very enlightening. Like, Muhammad Ali was, he was an intelligent motherfucker. Like, Absolutely. And just, of course, we know him as brash and arrogant, but dude, smart as hell. And uh, which is the case for a lot of us. But, you know, we're only good for, you know, running and jumping in, in some people's eyes. But well, that's besides the fact. But he made a point as far as black people that needs to come together and pour resources and do things for ourselves. You know, the same thing we're saying today, they were saying 60, 70 years ago. And it's, yeah. it's crazy that we haven't got it yet. But uh, he made the example, you know, down in, in Miami Beach, there were, you know, the the racism, Jim Crow type thing that was going on down there where 
uh, in a lot of areas, you saw three things when it comes to these stores and restaurants or whatever the case may be. No dogs, no Negroes, no Jews. Right. You saw those three things. This is a white establishment. No dogs, Negroes or Jews. Jews said, you know what? We're going to get together, pull our money together because this this happened in Miami Beach where Jews wasn't allowed. They pulled together and bought Miami Beach. So the very, the very thing that you wanted to keep us out of, we now control. Yeah. We control it now. It is Miami Beach is ours now. And we can do whatever the hell we want to do with it. Black people, like recently, like Dominique Wilkins, I'll just use him because he's the most recent example of what I what I read. We encounter a place that says, no, you're not allowed. No black people allowed. You receive some sort of uh, a blatant discrimination that, that gives you the, the, the message that you aren't welcome here. We complain. We think we're going to expose people. That's, that's just what we do. We complain. Oh, my God, I can't believe this person is racist. They're racist. He, they won't let me in the store because, you know, I'm. they say it's because of the attire that I wear. But people that walked in behind me that were white people and they were wearing the same attire as me, but they were let in, but I wasn't. So it must be racism. Oh, my God. Can you believe that this restaurant is racist? I can't believe it. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? Expose them. Expose them. Expose them. Now, nah, how about y'all pull together and bottom, motherfucker? Mm. Especially these athletes who you got millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Y'all play a sport or part of sport where y'all make millions and millions and millions of dollars now of course there are some athletes like like your shacks and your um uh, i can't believe uh, i can't believe or remember his name right now but the guy who bought like uh, a shit to uh, a shit ton of um like fast food franchises and stuff like that i know y'all do that but the main thing right now as craig has mentioned time and time again that keeps racism going and this division going money yeah. like what what type of anti-semitism have you heard about in your recent years happening in miami beach i i can't name a time where someone was accused of being anti-semitic in 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 the florida miami it, beach area it costs too much nowadays it costs too much because what the jews do if there is an instance like that, we will control it. We will take it over. Now, especially now, I think that we have the best opportunity ever now, since now we, you know they're just breeding millionaires because hey, they want to criticize us for bouncing a ball or or rapping lyrics behind the microphone. You damn right. Whatever gets me what I want, yeah. And, and I know for the black community, we try to look down of no, you can be more than a, than a rapper and or you can do more than just bounce a ball. I said, like, I don't give a fuck what you do. Just make it. Th that's what yeah. I feel about yeah. it. Like, I'm not going to criticize how you make it. Just make it. Can I put but, up? Sir, what's up? So, so I, 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 I agree, but I disagree. But I disagree. Uh -huh. so, so this, this is European ideology at its best. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter if everybody around you makes it as long as you as the individual makes it. Uh -huh. So 
So we've been taught that, we've been ingrained that, and that is the way it is in America. But for us as a society of, of, of a people, we're not going to succeed in that direction. We have to get to a point where we get to, and I, and I, and I say this for everybody, and this is going to be hard, but at some point as a, as a group, we have to be like 75% of what I make is mine. 25% is a part of the village. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that's just how, that's what the Jews do. I give you another example. The Chinese, they will come over here with nothing, zero. They will live four or five families strong in one house, two bedroom, one house. And they will pull every check that comes in, 80% goes together until we can buy our own business or establishment. Then once we get the business, we all take a portion of the business. It don't matter if it takes two years or 20 years. That's the game plan. Everybody sticks to it. Yep. That's true. Same way with the Hispanics. Hispanics yeah. do the same thing when they come to America. Uh, and we, we are just so happy to kick our children out at the earliest time that we can. Yeah. And, and, and instead of one household that's paying rent, now you have two, three households that's paying rent. Yeah. Anyway. Like you like, just, yeah. That's I, I I agree there. And here is here is the thing that I think, uh, or one of the factors that definitely uh, slows and cripples the black community. And now, of course, there there's been a shit ton of things that has happened to us that is out of our control. But the things that we can control is we have one, and I'm not going to get into this one, but. Uh, I've said it before, feminism fucked up the black community. But (laughs) as far as um, how we look at things and how we try to make it, we look at it's it's that crabs in the barrel thing. And we all know the the crab in the barrel thing because we don't look at or consider the village because we're only looking at ourselves. And it's, it's that analogy that I do think, uh, you know, where we were put in a hole that we did not put ourselves in. So, you know, you you put a, a bunch of people in this big ass hole and you're just like, OK, well, crawl yourselves out. And no one's willing to create a system to where we're going to lift people out and get people out. Even if that means that I may have to stay in the hole a little bit longer. But. There is still the plan, as you say, if it make if it takes two years or 20, I know eventually I will get out of this hole. So if there's 500 people, you know, everyone wants to be the first one out and not work together to where, okay, you may be the 277th person out this hole. It may take you some time, but work together to get people. Y'all know what I'm saying? we, We have a two individualistic view, and I don't think that is good for the black community now i'm not saying again for you conservative listeners out there i'm not saying that you do not have a mind of your own your own identity your own thoughts your own beliefs this that and the third however there is still an aspect that that we still need to understand that you are still part of a community and that community is black that community is black so there's still a sense of belonging to a community that I know that we've been encouraged not to have. Like, 
some people and I know we can attest to this notion. There's a notion that in order for you to be successful in this country, that you have to denounce the heritage of being black in order to be accepted in various circles, white circles, or any type of professional circles, anything that requires, you know, being seen or put in front of people. You have to denounce that black heritage to where now you give the the idea or the message to people that I'm black, but I'm not like them. That type of thing. And that's that's what I disagree with. And to basically piggyback off of what Craig is saying, yeah, I, I think ultimately, and I'll I'll put these thoughts and stuff together so I can just present actual facts. Cause I, I I try to I try to talk from that position now. Not necessarily to say because I'm right, but because I know there's a lot of different ways, as we talked about earlier, that people can perceive and interpret things. But I I think that we have um, they're trying to get us to focus too much on individual to where I think there should be a balance there. Like on the Democratic side, they wanted to think like a herd of sheep and just blindly follow them. I disagree with that. But on the other side, it's like, okay, every single person here is an individual. Everyone think for themselves and stuff like that. I disagree with that as well, because in order for this society to be set up the way that it is, it had to be worked and established with community in mind. It had to be worked, formed, and established with the idea and the notion that the white man is superior in this country. We're free and everything, but as far as the social construct, it's for the advancement and betterment of the white man. And that's just historical fact. It's fact. Look it up, y'all. It's fact. It is what it is. The great Abraham Lincoln, we talked about it before. He freed he freed the slaves. Yes, he did. Absolute great man. But he did not see himself equal to the black man. That's fact. Look it up. It's true. Damn true. All right. So um, that's basically that. I, I think as far as black people, we should look at the example that the Jews made. And follow in that blueprint to where if we want to do things, we have to think more of for the community, for the village, to where when we run across any of these instances, we establish enough economic power to where now we reach a point to where this slander, this discrimination, these microaggressions is now looked at through a lens of you better walk through and walk with eggshells and you better be cautious of how you speak because the ramifications of what will happen to you will literally destroy your life. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Off the soapbox. But, um, Hey fellas, I, I hate to, I hate to be the party pooper. I do apologize. I got some prior engagements I need to get to. I just want to take this moment and talk to you guys. I know you guys are, uh, political analyst. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, these things are happening every day and I think we need to we need to touch on them, we need to expand on them. We need to make sure we keep these ideals relevant. And uh just want to thank you guys for having me. Love you guys. Nope, no problem. You know what's all love, bro. And we understand oh, yeah. life, I, wa- I wanted to tell you goodbye before my phone died. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is even if it did, that that's that would have yeah. been the very first 
uh, the very first assumption of this phone. So, yeah. <laughs> but so, it's all good, bro. Good uh, we love you like always, and you know we'll we'll talk soon. All right, next time. <laughs> right, peace, peace, peace. So, I think yeah. um you know everything that that you've been saying um because community. I was talking to somebody today about black people and you know in reference to the to the church um, yeah about you know gyms about prison ministry about ministries in general and i'm like yo why, why y'all don't work with that church that church have everything you need oh y'all don't fool that church it was that type of thing like yo we segregate churches we segregate yeah. churches when you say oh that's a white church over there oh that's a black church over there but that's not how it's supposed to be you know what i mean and i right. know you have your different pastors you got diff different uh ministers and everything now, I just wish the black community or the minority community in general just come together and say, we don't have the means ourselves, but we have the means because one church mm -hmm. may be having a building fund. Another church may have this fund. Another church may have this. Like, why y'all come together? Y'all trying to build a center? Build a center together and let it be for the community. Well, yeah, it don't have to always be the individual. Yeah. And, when, and, and you said it just right there. It, it's we're, we're dealing. We're still dealing with the human element of things yeah. to where even especially when it comes to religion and, and the interpretation and the teaching of it is always subjective. And this person may teach it and present it in an entirely different way than this person. And people have fallen, fallen into uh, cultures of religion that there, there, there is a church culture that is established in a white church in a black church of how yeah. the gospel and how, uh, you know, how the Bible and stuff is being taught. And honestly, it, it ultimately it turns me off because it's like, as you say, um, and there's an old saying, it's like the most segregated time in America is on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Like, because you know, it's, the church has been used in a lot of different ways, a lot of really good ways and a lot of evil ways. So it's to the point to where as far as the black community now, as information is being more accessible, now people have turned away from the church because they believe that, you know, well, Christianity in itself is the white man's religion. They, they use Christianity to justify slavery, which they did, but it's not the white man's religion because you know, it's, it's well documented that Christianity was already in Africa before, you know, the, the Europeans uh, even touched a pinky toe uh, on yeah. the continent. So it was already there, already being taught, already, already being spread. But even with that said, I think the pillar, especially during the civil rights movement, the pillar of that movement and why it became so strong and people were so united with limited resources on how to get information passed from one person in one place to another, what's the church? The church did that. The yeah. church facilitated the message, the movement, the belief, and the understanding that, you know, that that was like, that was the community center. And, and that was the, uh, given the understanding that we will have to come together to where, if a march will happen, people will show up in record numbers for this demonstration. But at the same time, people on the other side who opposed it, they also believed 
in Christianity. And they couldn't understand why these niggers was acting out of order. You know, so it, it, it was a whole a perception of what they believe is right. Yeah. And that's even now, like look at some of the craziest racist people that you see. They'll tell you they, they're Christian. They, they believe in Jesus. Uh, look at the most hateful uh, on racist liberal. They may not believe in Jesus, but <laughs> <laughs> you you find less Christians and, and less religion and, and people of faith on the liberal side because that's where you find more of the, the atheists and the agnostics and that type of thing. But even still, the, there, there's a position of I believe this and thus I am right. Um, yeah. often without accountability and doing what the actual scripture, especially in Christianity goes. Uh, and I, I speak of Christianity because th that's, that's the religion and the faith that I grew up in. Just my, my family, just ministers, teachers, pastors, uh, bishops, just, uh, you know, all up and down my family tree. But the main thing that I took from it and I'm, I'm proud that I've been able to take this important thing is the self accountability factor of it the ability to examine yourself to work out your own salvation with fearing trembling to look at the plank in your eye before criticizing the speck in someone else's eye you know and so on and so on and so forth the bible teaches of look to yourself hold yourself accountable or you going out here wagging your finger criticizing any and everybody else Look and examine yourself first. That's what the Bible teaches. Um, and that was a lesson that I'm, I am very grateful now that I'm older that I was able to, to pick up because a lot of things, instead of just sitting down and you, 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 I'm able to, well, let's sit down and look at it. Let's think about it. Let's look at it from this perspective, that perspective, and then I can come forward with a particular opinion about it but also still have that opinion without seeming or positioning myself as above that person and that's what we mm. seem to do so but yeah man um <clears throat> that's basically all i got man there, there's uh did you, you you did your rent you did your rent on your miami heat uh i didn't i didn't rent on the miami heat but i am gonna do it Mm, probably tomorrow because I wanted to wait um, because there's just so many. Uh, I'm just mad. Honestly, I'm really yeah. mad, disappointed, but, but honestly, I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm really not surprised that happened um, because, you know, we've been bipolar all season and um, we, we definitely definitely need to make moves like now, like this off season, Right now, we need we need to make moves and stop holding on to these assets that we have, thinking that we're going to land the big one. And and that's always been Miami's problem since uh since 2010, when we landed the the whale in LeBron James. Pat Riley's been trying to catch lightning in a bottle again. He's trying. He's always been trying to. Even since then, since LeBron left been trying to position players 
and form contracts and sign this player, sign that player, and structure deals centered around when when the whales of the league hit the free agency market so we can snag that whale. And it, it never happened in, in the last seven years of trying. The, the last attempt that he was trying to do, he was trying to go after Giannis Antetokounmpo, the guy who swept us out of the playoffs this year. He was trying to go after him, hoping that he would hit free agency, but he stayed in Milwaukee and signed that historic five-year, $228 million deal. And that's normally how it happens. We think these people are going to hit free agency. They either stay with that team or just completely overlook us. And I think that we need to stop. Uh, Of course, this next one uh, that he's shooting for is 2022, not this offseason, but the next one in 2022, that's when a lot of names, like a lot of big names, hit the free agency market. And I know that's what he's going to do. So we're basically going to suck for one more season. And he's <laughs> going to, and he's going to shoot for these big names, lose out on all of them. And so then we end up putting another rat tag team together where we basically go back to mediocrity and obscurity for the next five, five years. Um, so that's basically my rant in a nutshell. I, I, I was just very calm this go round, but when I do my rant, trust me. Um, yeah, I'll be doing a bit of screaming. <laughs> I'll be a bit more demonstrative because yeah. yeah, the the Miami Heat are frustrating to be a fan of because you know I just think their their methods. I I really do believe, and I know this is my hubris speaking that I can be a better GM than what's going on right now. Um, because there's, there's two people I will go after, um, this off season who are free agents now, who I think would be a big difference. There's uh DeMar DeRozan. I think we definitely should go after him. Um, hell even go after Kyle Lowry. Um, and that will help our scoring. Um, you know, it, it just, it just, I'll, I'll save that rant for another time because because there's, there's so much information I want to break down and and I'm going to put together my plan of how the Miami Heat can become an elite team again without landing this whale and this superstar generational talent, you know, the, trying to land the next LeBron James-esque player. And like, that's, just, that's just not how it works. Like, the, the percentages and the possibility of that is slim to none. We just... We call it lightning in a bottle. And, you know, everything, uh, all these different variables had to come to place for that to happen. And it's, it's just unlikely to happen again. So let's be smart and build a team so much as trying to get a superstar. And that's always been our thing. But, um, so yeah, so y'all out. So how you, how you think things gonna go, you know, since you mentioned LeBron between the Lakers and, and, um, and the Suns? And the Suns, honestly, in the beginning, I liked Phoenix chances. I thought Phoenix will. I, I, I thought Phoenix would win the series in six, um, but Chris Paul is hurt. Even though he looked a little better this last game over the weekend, the series is tied now. But I, I think AD hurt too. Yeah, Anthony Davis is hurt, which I've never been sold on Anthony Davis because he is made of glass. Anthony Davis, he's he's glass, man. 
He's always getting hurt, always getting hurt. And right now, I, I, I don't trust him. If he is out for two games, Los Angeles, no. the, the Lakers are going home. It's over. If he doesn't play, because I, I, I expect him to be out for the next yeah. game. And I expect Phoenix to win that game. Um, and I, I will say this. If they win the next game, they'll win the series. I, I don't see it going to seven games either. I, I, I see them winning, Phoenix winning the series. Um, yeah. And that's just how I see it. And that's all on Anthony Davis and his horrible durability. Like, he is always getting hurt. Always getting hurt. And so I, I can't trust that. Um, it's just a shame that he decided to be healthy last year when he beat Miami for, for his first championship. Oh, he, oh, yeah, he was healthy then, yeah. Yeah, so he was just healthy at the right time, but nah, he, he couldn't strain his groin and stuff last season when Jimmy Butler was dropping 46 points and, and triple doubles on him. But it's all that's, that's the tough, tough thing about it. Well, yeah, so like, even though I knew Miami would lose to the Lakers, I was like, if we can push him to six, I'll be proud of Miami. And I was because Jimmy Butler bought out of his mind. But this season, Jimmy Butler, he went from averaging close to 30. And, and, and triple-double, averaging a triple-double. It was like 25, 26 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, and he was barely scoring 14, 15 points. And he just looked so disinterested. Like, you know, maybe maybe he's at that point was like, okay, I need some real help because he doesn't have any real help. Uh, he yeah. has really good around him, but he doesn't have difference makers. And even though he needs that help, you don't need LeBron S type players to be different difference makers. And yeah. there's some players right now that I think Miami can go after. We need a we need a uh a facilitating point guard. I think Kyle Lowry would be good. Uh even though I'm not a fan of him, but he'll be good for Miami as a point guard um that can score but as well as facilitate and get people and get the offense set. John Wall is another name that's being thrown out that he may oh, yeah. be bought out by Houston. And if he gets bought out, then definitely want Miami to go after John Wall. Um, Victor Oladipo, we traded for him, but he's been hurt. Um, but I would like to re-sign him. And, uh, and then, you know, go after a really a decent big man like Hassan Whiteside. He was in Miami for a few years. That's how basically he was able to get his big payday. Uh, because of Miami, like Miami creates stars and creates good players, and then they go off and get the big payday. But uh, after after now, um, he's basically sitting at the end of the bench. So it just it just a lot of a lot of good players that know that they aren't LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Um, you know they're not these type of names, but they're still all star talents that yeah. you can do build up a team. So I, I like I would rather have a team of four all-stars than two superstars. Like, mm. you know, I, I would I would take a team of Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, or or in my dream scenario, I would take a John Wall, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Those are four all-stars who's been all-stars multiple times. Um, I would take those four over 
LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah. Because when the playoffs come, when the playoff comes, things slow down and their mm-hmm. strategy. And I'd rather have four really good all-star players than, you know, two superstars because then it tells me, yeah, yeah, LeBron and AD may win their matchup, but it won't be an easy matchup to win. Yeah. And yeah, they may drop 25-30, but their matchup is going to drop 17 to 20, 15 to 20, while the other all-star talent is they'll win their matchups. So it will kind of negate what the superstars do and give us that extra kick to go over the hump. That's just the way I think. Well, like I'm I'm like San Antonio. San Antonio was like, we we don't care for superstar talent. We'll have just an entire team of really good all-star players, you know. Yeah, that's smart though. That's that strategy because at yeah. the end of the day, you know, you know, like Miami running around, like just to make it there last year was based off talent. Like, yep. y'all y'all got the way y'all was going because y'all didn't y'all played four quarters, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, LeBron gonna get his, AD gonna get his, but if y'all play four mm-hmm. quarters, we'll wear the rest of them out. Exactly. You know, we'll we'll let y'all get y'all yeah. points. Yeah, we'll let y'all get y'all points. Let AD and LeBron, and just using them as an example, but let the two superstars score 30. That's yeah. just 60 points. Yeah. So, that's just <laughs> 60 points. If I yeah. have um, if I have four people that score 15 to 20, that's 80. You know, so yeah. it's like, you know, that's so it's like just let them do them. Let them be superstars. But a, the team will always be individual. Yeah. A, a team will always be individual. That's why I've always respected San Antonio. And like DeMar DeRozan, he's in San Antonio right now. Um, still young. He's 30. Scores 25 a game. Plays plays okay defense. But in a team setting, like Miami's weakness is our offense sucks. Get hmm. get some get some offensive players up in there that can that can shoot the ball and that can score. DeMar DeRozan is an all-star scorer. He's that's why he's been an all-star. Uh, Victor Oladipo, he was an all-star, but he's hurt right now. He has a torn quad, but I would keep him around. Um, and then Jimmy Butler, he, he's not so much of a scorer. He can score, but he doesn't look to score. That way you take the scoring load off of him to where all right, I can live with Jimmy Butler scoring 16, uh, 16 points, but Jimmy Butler is also going to have nine rebounds and seven assists and three steals. Because yeah. that he he's like that utility knife. He does everything. So I can live mm-hmm. with that if I know that I have people in place that will score that 25 points. And I think DeMar DeRozan, uh, if Kyle Lowry comes on a, a reasonable deal, he can be a point guard. He's kind of he's 35, but um, I know he can still give us 10, 12 with you know seven, eight assists. Like it's it's just we can build with those players and build a team more so than trying to get superstars and match the superstar wave. So that's, that's all, man. But. All right. Well, uh, you, um, you know, I, I, I know you, I know you say you're trying to get back in um, physical health and physical shape. Right. Yeah. So, you know, um, our reunion is coming up and um, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Our reunion coming up. So, you know, 20 years and um, 20 I'm trying years. to, I'm trying to get with some of the guys from the, uh, you know, uh, I talked to Mario Clark. Ball. Uh-huh. Um, I talked to. I'm trying to get with Brian Banks now because you got a lot of our classmates that cross married to other schools, right? 
So my dream, because you know, I'm I'm trying to get on be on a community right now is 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 straight because they got me on there. Right. Is to have like a to have like a field day. Mm-hmm. To to see, you know, uh, I I mean, even if it ain't like like we went to Chris, but let's say we're not even on the same team, but we uh-huh. might have you might have like let's say Mario Kart pick you to be on his team, and right. um, and somebody else picked me to be on Shelby's team, but yet your shirt or whatever will say Chris, but it'd be that color. You right. know what I mean? I was like, you know, just to have the idea, I was like, you know, I, I ran it by a few people. They was like, yo, that's a good idea. I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, we're older. But some of us in mm-hmm. shape. Some of us may not be in shape, but it'd be fun. You know what I mean? Yep. It'd be it'd be a good old time. And then even if I tell people in advance, it'll give them a chance to get back and get back, get they get their handles back right. Exactly. Because yeah, I'm not going out there to lose. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not not yeah. when in high school I was I was taking y'all ankles. So now nah, y- y'all hey, I'm, I'm still tell y'all who's at the top yeah. of this pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why I made sure. Oh, I got first pick. Let me let me get plugged. Yeah. Let me get plugged right now. Yeah, man. Man, ah. he's short, man. What y'all gonna do, man? I have a whole team full of short people. <laughs> uh-huh. That's gonna that's gonna run, run, run versus you know, allowing y'all to just be like, uh-uh. And that's basically how we did things. You know, especially yeah. with our basketball team and the things that we used to do, like we, we used to step on the court with a, a bunch of dudes, five eight, five nine. Maybe <laughs> you had one that was five ten, maybe. But maybe. we're all five eight and five nine, and people was like, "What's this? What's these little people going?" We will literally run people out the gym. Yeah, Every play was a fast break. Every, <laughs> Every play. play. Yeah, did y'all break. set it up for what? We ain't got time. <laughs> we got time to set up even even One if they score. Yep, even if they score, we 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 the balls and we we gone, we gone, and we would run people out the gym. They would be so tired. <laughs> <laughs> they used to be so tired after playing us, man, because all we did was run. I remember people used to hate playing me. Oh, there you go. He likes to run, and that's what I would do. Yeah, that's all I like to do. The court. The only time you walk the ball up the court is if the coach told you to yeah. wait. Yeah. Other than that, you're trying to uh, 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 uh. They are already set up. We're going straight to the hole. And that's what my pops would tell me too, especially when I would, uh, you know, he'd give me his pointers. He was like, "Nah, don't walk the ball up." He's like, "If you notice, you walking the ball, you giving them a chance to get the defense set. Yeah. Always push that ball. Always push the ball up the court." And uh. Yeah. Like so, you don't know, and and more often than not, I'm pushing that ball right up the court, score an easy layup, or set up another open jump shot because oh oh shit, I, I didn't realize he was there, and so you know, drawing the defense, kick out, score, Brandon Boone you know, on the side. And you, so. Yeah, and you, know, you, and you know, I find sermons and everything. Uh-huh. Um, you said Pop said push the ball. You know, mm-hmm. you can wait on somebody else to give you opportunity, yep. or you can push. The envelope. You can push the discussion. You can push mm-hmm. the issue forward and take it into your own hands. And only if needed, pass it off. Yep. Only if needed to. Other than that, if they're gonna give you a free shot, I'm gonna take my shot. And mm-hmm. that's that's you know I want I wanted to give you you know you know Father's Day coming up, so I, you know I I want to give you your your roses now. I want to you know give you some accolades now. You know because I appreciate what you're doing and um you could have took a lot of easy ways out. This is you true. Could've, you could have made a lot of calls, and like you know, people mm-hmm. may not know. You know, you could have made a lot of calls and dealt with these things. I mean, I think I missed two you a long time ago. You was like, "Nah, I want to do my own stuff. I want to make yep. my own way. I want to provide this way." 
And um, mm-hmm. you know, we we have a Father's Day segment on one of the on one of these podcasts yeah. because well, well, um, we, we definitely will have a Father's Day podcast. We yeah, definitely, because I think, you know, uh, like I said, I used to tutor two of our boys. I'm not gonna say their names, but I was mm-hmm. a tutor in the class that they was in, and um, now I think intellectually. See, you notice I don't say a lot dealing with politics, but I don't give it a lot of my attention as well. Right. But a lot of things that we've, when we've become fathers, I think sometimes we get a whole different mindset. We start looking at the world differently. We start mm-hmm. thinking differently. And I, the things that we went through in life has allowed us to think on another level. So, because this mindset and the way we think now wasn't nowhere near the way it was back then. And to even think bigger, we always, I think, together collectively have always thought about each other mm-hmm. but yet we had to go this way and experience these certain things for it to come back because my grandfather I, I remember what my grandfather said he said real family will always be family and um yeah i think i posted that on a story or something like that because real family will always be family no matter what you do if they're real they'll always be family so um just being able to give homage because like i said before you know you all's fathers were examples of the father I am today, you know, yep. you know, we all are different fathers individually. However, kudos to me because I didn't just have one. I had your, I had your dad, and right. I had Eric's dad. I had, I had Mr. Maddox. I had Vic and Vic. You know, mm-hmm. me and Vic talk every yep. week. But the fact that, you know, I took little nuggets from him because Eric, Eric, you know, Big E may not feel whatever type of way towards his father, but I took little nuggets from him because. Mm-hmm. You know, those times when we had discussions, I was like, hmm, okay. And only because I didn't have that father figure. So, you know, looking at us now as fathers, hearing how we talk now as fathers, hearing you say, hey, this person, you know, they let me go for this, you know, no no bad, no bad blood. But okay, oh, well, that was just an opportunity for you to focus on what you needed to do. Opportunity for you to focus on the the community, the rap battle, the rap, you know, what you wanted to do, the league that you wanted to do. Because you're going to be in Charlotte on the 17th. Father's Day yep. weekend. We are from the 704 area. We got a whole team of people been waiting for this in the area. And they not, they haven't just been waiting for it. They've been waiting for somebody from the city of Pleasant Living mm-hmm. to make it happen. Because we got a lot of talent. And somebody just, they just needed a platform. Facts. But yeah. And I, and I believe you're going to give it to them. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, th- I think they've already given me my uh, the name of my opponent. Um, I don't have much on them, but at this, I, I really don't need much of anything because just at this point, you know, again, it's the same mindset. You know, I, there, there's a statement to be made. There's something I have to prove. And so it doesn't matter who's standing in front of me. The, the statement will be made that what y'all thought was happening around here is not because I'm here. And you know I, that that that's my my stress reliever that's kind of how i look at it just you know uh, it, it's it's an aggressive sport it's an aggressive event um and yeah and i'm i'm locked in i'm like there's a and, whole different and, side. and not and not to correct you or cut you off you may have been a fan of it deeply for 7 years you may be into it for 2 years but mm-hmm. i've been there yeah so we can take it back 20 years we could take, you know what I mean? We could take it back to middle school beating on the table. Before yeah. you really knew the craft of it all, before you really knew that it existed, rap battle, you know, this exists, people do this. You know, mm-hmm. your hip hop started a long time ago. 
So long time. Ago. Yeah. Honestly, I, I didn't even think that far back. I was I was thinking just the the um the platform that's battle rap now, how long I've been yeah. a part of that. But yeah, if we go on the back, this is elementary middle school beating on the tables and literally yeah. freestyling. Freestyle Fridays we used to have. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Freestyle Fridays. And then okay, this somebody need to bring back rap city. Somebody need to bring back rap city because that yeah. that yeah. Yeah. This rap battles need to actually that's one of them things like could it they bring it back um because rap battle is actually a part of a real life hip hop. And if they bring it back dance, they bring it back in 2024, they have B Born in the mm-hmm. Olympics. So y'all, so I personally feel like you can have a rap battle Olympics. Yep. You have to really be precise with your craft, which means only only the best gonna be able to do it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's I think it's worth I think it's worth putting out there because it's a lot of people doing it. Yeah. If you can't freestyle, don't do it because you're gonna lose. Because you're gonna lose. Because <laughs> you're gonna lose. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's that's basically it, man. I I just I, I like. I'm just encouraged, especially by by this, honestly, because um, I, I tell y'all all the time behind the scenes, but I'll say it live. It's like I I can, you know, do this myself, but there's there's something there's something more special to where you can create something and achieve success with your friends, especially yeah. people you, you literally grew up with, like literally grew up with, and like these are my brothers right here, and I, I die for these men right here. And, um, you know, we come here and, I, and I'm getting a little feedback. We're gaining a little traction. I appreciate everyone that's listening and supporting. Um, it's, it's, it's humbling and it's also encouraging because it's like, you know, making it somewhere. And I, I also understand that, you know, everybody can't go where you're going, but it's also even, in my opinion, more special when, you know, you get to where you're going with your friends beside you. And then it's like you you all achieve that type of success and and it just it, it encourages me to where you know we may not be there but you know we're we're taking steps toward it and we're walking towards it and yeah. you know if if someone gets tired you got people there that's going to push you forward and then these gentlemen been pushing me forward um so I appreciate it I also appreciate all the haters but even though my response to y'all is this is dude. Which is all good. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hit that. <laughs> it's like it's it's doo doo, but it's all good. I need that too. But uh, but we're gonna go ahead and 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 chop this off and and head back to our families and and food. Um, on behalf of Craig Mack, who dipped out of you know a while ago, uh, Big E Shabazz, the Magic Man, he comes about once every seven or eight podcasts. And, uh, <laughs> and and my brother P. Shaw here. It's another episode of the Talk My Credo podcast, episode 32, Magic, the magic number. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to go and subscribe to the channel on YouTube, Talk My Credo. Uh, we upload multiple videos throughout the week. Help us to build the platform. I think we're like at 83 right now. So we, we, we want to hit that 100 mark. Uh, you know, it may be small to, to some, but it's it's everything to us. 
So please subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Uh, if any questions, comments, concerns, please hit up with the, the email at talkmycredo at gmail.com and they will be addressed on air if you want them to and just what, whatever you like. But thank you guys again on behalf of my brothers from another to Talk My Credo Podcast. Until next time, happy Memorial Day. Peace.